Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day. It will brighten all the way if you keep on the sunny side of life. Hello, I'm, I'm really glad that you're taking a few moments to either watch or listen to this midweek video. My name is Joe Martin. I'm pastor at First Baptist Church in Toledo, Washington. I want to thank so many of you who have been so faithful lately um, over these, um, well, really over these last couple of years. And it's been so great to see so many of you back in person services and outdoor services and a lot of... Um, new old faces. So it's really great. I want to talk to you about both today and then on the weekend about lost causes. Do you have any lost causes? Now I don't, and I mean this more on a personal level that maybe it's a family member or it's a relationship or it's um, somebody in your neighborhood and you just feel like this is just a lot. You hear people say this. Oh, they're just like a lost cause. You know, uh, they'll never change. Um, they never will listen. They always do this. Or they always do that. They're scary. They're unpredictable. They're aggressive. And, and of course, there is a time in our lives where we have to put some healthy distance in relationships because, because maybe you're not going to be the person that's going to get through to them. But we do this very, very quickly. We, we are in an era particularly where we tend to give up on each other very easily. And yet, and, and maybe even you feel that way about yourself. Sometimes we feel like we're lost causes. That self-talk, we're like, oh, I'm never going to get this together. I'm never going to get better. I'm never going to get my health straightened out. I'm never going to be able to you know, quit this or change this in my life. You may say that to yourself. I can't change who. You may even get to where you justify it. So this is just the way I am. You may say, well, I... I I could never be a Christian. I'm just to this, or I could never be, I could never really be that kind of person because I'm just, just the way I am. Let me share a story with you um, about someone who people said for sure was a lost cause. He was very religious. I mean, the kind of religion that was like, whoa, like people that were of his same thinking were like super impressed with him and people that weren't were, were felt unsafe around him. He was aggressive. He was super self-righteous, judgmental, intimidating um, in every sense, and not, and, and even with his religion, willing to go violent on it over his opinion or his position. He was one of those people that was able to lead others into his, he wasn't just neutral. He was kind of like, there are people, I've seen people like this in church, whether they see it or not, they can bring others into their kind of fanatical zeal. 
There was absolutely no talking to this man. And here's the thing about him. He was Christian. He hated Christians. Absolutely. He thought Christians were the dumbest people. They were absolutely fakers. Christianity, just a cult. So I want to um, begin reading about him out of Acts chapter 1. Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. And he asked for letters from him to the, synagogue, to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. He was traveling as he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Interesting point here. Jesus takes you persecuting, anyone persecuting one of his people as they're persecuting him as part of his body. But get up and enter the city, and I'll tell you will be told what you must do. The men who traveled with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground, and th- though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. Leading him by the hand, they brought him to Damascus. And he was three days without sight, neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said, Get up and go to the street called Straight and inquire of the house of Judas of a man, uh, for a man named from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And he has seen, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in to lay hands on him, so that that he might regain his sight. <laughs> Look at Ananias. He answered and said, Lord, <laughs> I have heard much about this man, how much harm he did to your saints in Jerusalem. He had a reputation. He was known as a lost cause. This was a guy you did not want to have to mess with. And here he and he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the sons of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And after laying hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you are come." you were coming has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he regained his sight and he got up and he was baptized. Wow. You talk about getting a lost cause, a guy who's been killing people, murdering people and imprisoning people and he's looking for you and then you're going to go right in there. Yeah, a lost cause. You guessed it. He was Saul, in case you didn't notice, but he became known later Paul, which was the Roman version of Saul. He was the greatest. He became the greatest influence for good and for God in the early church. He wrote the the biggest part of the New Testament. 
And you know what he was? He was a lost cause. It was God that saved him. But what did God's faithful people do to witness to him? Well, of course, Ananias had went to him. God always uses people like you and me. You know, we'd say, why didn't he just send an angel to him? You know, why me? He uses people like you and I's obedience to faith. And you know, who else did he use? Well, many, many people, and if you read the book of of Acts, you read chapter chapter 6, 7, 8, 9, you'll see the context. There was a man named Stephen, a super godly guy, who was sharing the gospel with people, and lots of people were coming to know the Lord, and he knew the Old Testament, and he was very careful in his sharing of the gospel to that particular, particularly to a Hebrew audience. So Stephen had shared the gospel with many others, but Saul heard him. And this was in Acts chapter 7, and verse 54 it says, After he had shared the gospel and everything about Jesus, when they heard this, they were cut to the quick. And they began gnashing their teeth at him. You know, when people are closed, like there's some of you that will be closed to what I'm trying to say today. And it'll offend you. But these people, there are oftentimes people that become enraged. Um, and they did get become enraged. They began gnashing their teeth at him. <laughs> but being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God and listen to what he does. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open, the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and covered their ears and rushed at him with one impulse. When they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. And that was what they would do is they would hit you with big rocks, jagged rocks. And the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. So we see before that experience on the road to Damascus, Saul witnesses this event. And this was right in his wheelhouse. This is taking these people, arresting them, murdering them. He was a terrorist, really. A, a religious terrorist. They, were, they went on stoning Stephen as he called out to the Lord. Now listen to Stephen's witness. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice. Listen to this prayer. Lord do not hold this sin against them. And having said this, he fell asleep. Wow. What was it about him and those early Christians that even the most animate opposition, like we live in a day where Christians can't even talk to other Christians, or if somebody has a different political party, they can't talk to them. Now Stephen has these guys that are just wanting to kill him, and he's just sharing the simple message of Jesus Christ with them. What was his way of taking the person who's most opposed, you think about the person you know is the most opposed to anything you're trying to tell them, they won't listen, they won't, they have a totally different view, but let me tell you something. How was it that a man like Stephen, what was it about him and those early Christians, and you and I, if we'll do it, what were the things that he did and didn't do that were effective against the lost cause or what we think is a lost cause? Well, first of all, there was filling of the Holy Spirit, not fearing. 
but being, verse 55 is chapter 7, but being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. You know, if you are fearful, if you're fearful, if you avoid your in-laws or your outlaws or people because they disagree with you a little bit, and, and if you're, you know what that says when you're fearful? You are not very sure about what you believe or what you think. Or you maybe have it deep down inside, you know it's not for sure. This isn't necessarily the gospel. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you know when the, the outcomes of being filled with the Holy Spirit, they were filled, when they had prayed, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. That's from Acts chapter 4. If you're fearful, you're not filled, because filling brings fearlessness and boldness. The second thing about him, so he, you know what? Feeling, not fearing. Second thing, praying, not protesting. He was praying. He wasn't like, you can't do this to me. I know my rights. I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, he didn't do that. He prayed for them. He prayed for those who persecuted him, just like Jesus said. Not protesting. You know, um, it's a lot of polemic. It means people just want to argue out there. If if Christians, if we spent way less time watching news shows and prayed instead, we'd see God do a work. If we spent less time arguing with people online or otherwise, we would see a real work of God with the hardest of hearts. Praying, not protesting. And look at this. Forgiving, not fighting. He wasn't fighting with them. He wasn't going down swinging. He didn't. Uh, he wasn't going to take as many of those, those, um, those, pay, those terrible people, those, those uh, people that were persecuting as he could. He said, "Father, lay this sin not against their charge, forgiving, not fighting." And then here's the thing that's really amazing. You know what he did? He was dying, not dominating. He didn't want to control him. He didn't want to take over. He didn't want to have all this pressure. He was willing to die, not dominate. He looked up to heaven and they killed him. He was willing to die. And the last thing I want you to remember, he was losing, not winning. That runs against our, 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 uh, our grain in our culture. It's all about winning, winning, winning. Got to win this. Got to win that. Everybody wants to be a winner. You got Your guy's got to win the election or that person's got to do this. or You got to be the top dog. Listen, we're all about winning no matter what. Winning at all costs. But you know what? He was about losing, not winning. Just like Jesus said. That's how absolutely countercultural Jesus really is. Jesus said, whoever wishes to save his life will lose, will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. You're not winning. You're losing your life. This way of reaching people doesn't need politicians or political parties or propaganda or a big media empire. <laughs> This way of reaching people doesn't need focus groups and flashy programs. It doesn't need to keep up and compete with the church down the street. It doesn't need to do that. All God requires is losers, people who are willing to lose, 
who will point lost causes to the Savior of all who are lost. That's right. That's what Jesus said. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. That's what God used to turn a blinded, angry, breathing out, threatening Saul into the light-giving Paul. This is the gospel way. This is the true way. It's the way God gets things done. You see why we're not getting much done in our society? All we're really doing is changing. We're just, we're just changing members from one church to the next or one particular group to the next or just running people out the door in general. But God used this way to turn a blinded Saul into a light-giving Paul. It's the gospel way. This is what Paul meant when he said, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And this is why Paul would say when he wrote to young Timothy when he was mentoring, he said in 1 Timothy 1.12, I thank God, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. And then he says this, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with faith and love, which are found in Christ Jesus. It is a trustworthy statement, deserving of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's right. And he says, of whom I am foremost of all. I'm chief. And then he says something fascinating. Look at this. Yet for this reason, I found mercy. So that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Wow. Do you know your lost cause out there? That may be the person God wants to change so much that when people look at their life, they think, if God could save him, <laughs> if God could change their life and change their opinion, he could do that for anybody. He could do that for me. That Jesus might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example of those who believe in him for eternal life. If he could forgive him for all his murder and rage and his terrible treatment of Christians as a persecutor. Can he do that for anybody? Yeah. And then he closes with us, now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Let me ask you something. Who's your lost cause? Maybe you got a few of them. Oh, you don't talk to them. You don't have anything to do with them. No, they're, they're unclean or whatever. No, you're not being like the Lord. You're not a loser. You see, Jesus called us to be, we want to, we will lose all things that we might win some. Who is your lost cause? Let me tell you, you want to change things? Be filled. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Surrender yourself. Empty yourself. Say, fill me with your spirit. Now pray for them right now. You take a moment and pray for them right now. Yeah, it's hard for me to pray for him. I know it's because you got to do the next thing. You got to forgive him right now. When you stand pray, to pray, forgive. He says, "Forgive him right now." It's like they're not trying to stone you right now. Most likely, they're 
just maybe they're saying bad thing. Maybe they're throwing uh, throwing names and faces, names and faces at you. It still hurts, but you got to forgive them. And then you got to be willing to die to yourself and stop trying to control everything. Trying to you can't you can't decide. Oh well, only the people that agree with me on blah 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 and think like me and approach things like me. No, you got to die to yourself and stop trying to control it all. And then here's a hard one: be a loser. Be willing to be a loser. That you might see them one. I'll be all things to all men that by some means some people could be one. That's what we do with lost causes. Now Sunday I'm going to talk a little bit more about another one. Oh, he's way he's even scarier than than Saul, but different. You know, you hear about all these demons and people that are under the power of demons. Well, we're going to talk about that on Sunday. You be there. You come or you you bring somebody or you share this message. Uh, I want to see you. I, I haven't seen you in a while. I'd like to see you back. God bless you and thanks for watching.